Alrighty, it's time for episode two. I have a name for the podcast. It's called Thoughts with a Can, because I'm a can, last name, we'll play on the words. But they're my thoughts for now, my ideas, whatever you want to call them. So, Thoughts with a Can. If you want to follow along on Twitter, the Twitter handle, though, is Can Thoughts. K-A-N-N Thoughts. Couldn't make it too long because Twitter's against long handles. So that's why it's Can Thoughts on Twitter, but the podcast is called Thoughts with a Can. Really hope that's not confusing. If it is, maybe you shouldn't be listening to this podcast in the first place. So, quick little intro. My name's Jake again. Just a dude who's been a teacher, a coach, has many ideas, especially around sports, technology, teaching things. So, topics will vary. Always open to talking about new things, especially if it's with someone. I feel like that would be easier, but maybe a little harder on my aspect because I'm just a guy who's using his phone to make these podcasts. I have my iPad next to me where I can take notes before. Today, I actually have notes. Yesterday, it was all freehand. Um, and my computer in case I want to do some last minute looking up things because my mind go- can go anywhere sometimes. On top of that, with minimal equipment, I'm just using my AirPods as my microphone. No fancy microphone here. If you want to donate to the show, I think there's a way to do that through Anchor. You have to go to anchor.fm slash jake-can, I believe. I'll try and link that in. But, yeah. Anyway, they're going to be... Short and sweet podcasts. I don't need to do an hour podcast. I don't think I could talk to myself for an hour. So to start, they'll be nice, short, and sweet. Maybe if someone can come on at some time, they'll be a little longer. And I'll figure out how to make it longer and all that stuff. But for now, they'll just be me, myself, and I. Short and sweet, some ideas. Speaking of ideas, today's podcast. We're going to talk about college athletes and if they should or should not get paid for what they do, primarily at the Division One level because that's where all this talk is about. And I'll f- end the podcast with some Thursday night football picks. There are two Thursday night football games today. Yes, I said two. I am counting the college game as a Thursday night football game because I almost watched Thursday night football on ESPN more than I watched Thursday night NFL football. And I have to give credit to Pat McAfee, who is one of the announcers on Thursday Night Football. If you haven't heard him announce Thursday Night Football, do it tonight. Navy at Memphis, and it is going to be electric with him. All right, before we dive in, if college athletes should get paid, let's run the sponsor from Anchor. First topic of the day, should college athletes get paid? If you haven't heard, California has just signed something in which the NCAA is not too happy about. It is the fair pay to play. It is where athletes will be compensated for their likeness and endorsements with professional teams. If you don't remember, about 10 years ago, Maybe not 10 years ago. It might have been shorter than that. But 
you could go to the local college pro shop and buy a number 15 Florida jersey. If you don't know number 15 on Florida, it was Tim Tebow. You could buy a Tebow jersey, even though it didn't say Tebow on it. It was his jersey, which you can no longer do nowadays. Tim Tebow was not compensated for that at all because he was an amateur athlete. But with this new California Fair Pay to Play, if you were to go to the Stanford Pro Shop, buy a jersey that is the same as a football player, he would be compensated for that. So the NCAA is obviously against this because it's allowing college athletes to get paid for playing, basically. They're not getting a contract, but they're getting paid for their likeness, which is against NCAA rules, which is why someone like LaMelo Ball cannot play in NCAA basketball, which is why he's in Australia right now playing basketball, so he can go to the NBA draft next year. But with these fair pay to play, it creates a bigger issue. One of those issues is Title IX inequality. Because if you go to college pro shop, try and get a jersey, what are the two jerseys they mostly have? Football and basketball, which are men's sports. They do not normally sell women's basketball jerseys. They don't sell women's soccer jerseys or even men's soccer jerseys for the most part at college pro shops, which creates a whole nother issue about sports inequalities at the college level. Yes, it is true. College and basketball bring in the most money. But if you're going to allow college athletes to get paid where they are at an institution, you need to allow all athletes to be compensated equally. And I'm not against athletes getting paid overall in the college level, but they need to be fair at the school. Even if they are fair, though, at the school, there are going to be people complaining that some schools pay better than other schools. So I think it needs to come down to the NCAA fairly compensating the student-athletes in a way. And yes, I will say it, as someone who went to a D3 school, D1 athletes make more money for their schools than D3 athletes. D1 athletes should be able to get more money from the NCAA if they want to. D1 gets the most, D2 gets the second, D3 gets the third, if anything, because that's the way it works, especially at the D3 level where the, no one is on an athletic scholarship at Division three schools. So, my mind went into how much do student-athletes actually practice a week? Is it feasible for them to get paid? If you look up, the NCAA limits four hours for in-season practices daily. Take four times five, you get 20 hours a week, which is what the NCAA limits. But in a UNC study, they surveyed baseball, men's basketball, football, all other men's sports, women's basketball, and all other women's sports. 
and came to these numbers in which athlete, in which athletes are spending in athletic activities in 2010. So in men's baseball, they spent 42.1 hours a week in athletic activities. Men's basketball, 39.2. In football, 43.3. All other men's sports, 32.0. In women's basketball, they spent 37.6 hours in athletic activities. In all other women's sports, 33.3 hours per week. Which, if you were listening, all those numbers are above the 20 hours a week that NCAA limits. But the NCAA doesn't limit travel time, game time, all that. So, you have to assume that some of the hours that the athletes reported were game times, travel times, stuff like that. But they only limit four-hour practices per day, 20 hours a week. Which... Being an athlete and someone who has played sports my whole life, there's always optional practices where the coach won't be there, but it's called a captain's practice, which I'm guessing some of these NCAA schools have captain practices where the coach may not be there, but the athletes are required to be there. Nowhere does it say they have to be there, but if they don't show up, the coach hears about it, and then they're on the bad side of the coach and may not get in the games. So, if you're not an NCAA athlete, like I was not, how do you feel about these athletes getting paid at schools? You're probably pretty upset because you're like, oh, I want to get paid while I'm in school. One way to do that is work-study. If you look up the federal work-study program, they limit you to 20 hours a week because it is a part-time job. Remember, all these athletes and people doing work-study are students first. But with the federal work-study, colleges can also set the limits. Where I went to school, you could only work 10 hours a week. At minimum wage, that's not a lot. But it will help you a little. It helps you pay for some certain things that maybe you might not be able to pay for as a college student. But what the NCAA should do is maybe follow the work study and have a hard cap on the number of hours per week of practices, athletic activities, so that these students can be students first. They can go get a job in the work study program as well if they need to. That's where these athletes are complaining about. They're spending 40 hours a week, most of them, baseball, football, basketball, pretty high up there in athletic activities. That is hard to have a part-time job in college to pay for your books, to pay for extra food, to pay for a new pair of shoes, dress shoes, because NCAA students get all the athletic shoes they need almost. It's hard to do that, having one full-time job and a part-time job, if you want to say that, based on their what they reported. There needs to be a way where NCAA athletes get paid for either considering the sport they play, 20-hour a week in practice, consider that payment a work-study program, because they are bringing money into the school. 
we'd be lying if we said that athlete, student athletes are not bringing money into their school. Then you get paid for either 20 hours, even count anything over 20 hours as overtime if you need to. Make it a real job. Then these other athletes will not consider going other places in order to try and become professional and blowing their chances of playing NCAA sports. Another option I think the NCAA could do is just give a little more help to these students who are at these bigger universities helping bring in money to the school. You don't have to pay them for their likeness if that's not what you want, NCAA, but find a way to cover more costs. Make it more feasible for students to do more things other than play a sport in season. Help them get jobs doing things so they can make actual money. I don't think that Nick Saban would take an excuse from one athlete being like, sorry, coach, I got to go to McDonald's right now to make money for my family. A lot of these students are at schools where they would not be there unless it was for sports. We'd be lying if we said that. These universities and the NCAA expose these kids when they go to sports. Everything they do is out there. We know what they're doing. All this comes down, though, to a larger conversation, I think, about when athletes should be able to go pro. So, if you didn't know, college football players have to wait till they're three years removed from high school to go pro. I think that is great. Football is a hard sport. It can destroy you. And you don't know if you're going to make it in the NFL. NFL is a hard sport to make. Even if you're good at one level, the next level you could get crushed at. You see all these five-star recruits going to a school, having to sit out a year because there's they go, they're behind someone. They get upset that they're not going to play then. They realize they transfer, they transfer, and they don't make it. In basketball, you can go as soon as you're one year removed from high school if you go to NCAA. If not, as long as you're 18, there's a way for you to make it. I'm not too sure about the basketball reason. Don't have any idea about that. I think it's crazy that all these sports do it differently. In baseball, you can get drafted out of high school. You can get, if you decide not to go then, you can get drafted again after your June after th- your three years removed from high school, and then you decide not to go, you can go again later. And if you decide to do a PG year after high school, you could get drafted again. One of my brother's friends, I believe, was drafted four times somehow because he was drafted after he was a senior in high school, decided I'm going to go do a PG year, was drafted after his PG year, was going to Vanderbilt. No one, if you're going to Vanderbilt, goes to try and play minor league baseball. You go to Vanderbilt. Went to Vanderbilt, was drafted after three years, decided I need my Vanderbilt degree. Got his Vanderbilt degree, was drafted again. So he was drafted four times. Kind of ridiculous that four times you could be drafted. But good for him. I think a lot of sports need to do what the hockey is doing about when you can go professional. If you didn't know, you probably don't know because not a lot of people know about hockey. But hockey players can be drafted after their 
They can be drafted as long as they are 18, I believe. I'll look that up. I wasn't going to talk about being drafted, just about when athletes could go pro. Hockey players draft eligible. They're eligible as long as they're 18 on or before September 15th and not older than 20 before December 31st. So, hockey players normally go to college a little later. So, you're eligible when you're 18 and you finish high school. You play a year or two of juniors, and you're still eligible. So, but the difference when you're drafted from hockey is that team owns your rights. They can say, all right, let's go play professional or ah, keep playing college. College hockey's good. Keep playing juniors. Keep doing what you're doing. Whatever that team thinks is right for you. They're not having these kids come in, play a ton of games away from the amateur ranks, away from getting their education if they don't think it's right for them. I think more of these sports need to go to the way hockey is doing it. Do it in the best interest of the kids. And if you agree, disagree, feel free to shoot me a tweet. If you didn't know about the hockey draft, look it up yourself. It's a pretty good thing. There are tons of people in college hockey right now playing. Who know? All right. I could get called at the end of this season. Go play professional hockey. They might have their degree. They might not. But they don't have to worry about that in college. They know. All right. Carolina Panthers, whenever they're ready to have me on their team, they're going to give me a call. But they can just be kids, be college kids. Yeah, they're not making money in college, hockey players. Hockey players, certainly, if the NCAA does any payment option, will probably get shafted, even though college hockey might be more electric than a lot of other college sports. I'd rather watch college hockey than college basketball. But these college hockey kids... A lot of them already have the rights with certain teams. All right, time to go to the last segment and the picks. Here we go with the picks for tonight's Thursday night football games. And yes, they are with the line. So start off with college football because I'd rather watch college football first. We got the Navy midshipmen at the Memphis Tigers. Memphis is a 10.5-point favorite, and I'm going to go with a favorite there. I'd rather pick Memphis over the midshipmen. Memphis has played more teams. They got an electric offense. They're blowing some teams out. They beat Ole Miss. Big win for them, even though Ole Miss isn't anything special. Memphis should easily win this game by 10.5 points. Of course, the only question when you're playing a military academy is, can you stop the triple option? Memphis got some smart kids, I bet. I think they can figure it out. But we did see Michigan had trouble stopping the triple option a few weeks ago against Army. I think Memphis can handle Navy, though. Army is better than Navy. Memphis will cover the 10.5 spread. Second Thursday night football game. Philadelphia Eagles at the Green Bay Packers. I think this is going to be an exciting game. And I think it's going to be a real test about whether the Green Bay defense is for real. 
and whether the Green Bay offense is for real. Green Bay is a four-point favorite as of right now. I'm going to go with Green Bay, picking Green Bay, four-point favorite. They're going to beat the Eagles. And I'm going to throw in a bonus. I'm throwing in the over, 46.5. I think this is a game where Green Bay needs to show up on offense. Philadelphia has had some high-scoring games already. And I think the Green Bay defense might be a little overrated at this point based on the scores they've let up. Holding the Bears to three points, the Lions to 10. No, they didn't play the Lions. No, they did play the Lions. I'm confusing my teams now. Clearly, I didn't take enough notes. Of course, got to look it up. Of course, NFL website stinks. But I'm picking Green Bay minus four, and I'm picking the over of 46 and a half. Let's see. Going back to the Green Bay. Um, the Green Bay, of course, is 3-0. and The Eagles are 1-2. and Green Bay paid the, played the Vikings. My bad. But Green Bay has not let a team score more than 16 points. And if you want a little bonus, the Eagles have, haven't have scored less than 20 points in any of their games. The Eagles have scored 32, 20, and 24 points, which is why I'm picking it over. I think the Green Bay defense won't be able to handle it. And this is going to be a shootout. This might be like a Big 12 game where teams go back and forth, back and forth, both teams over 30 points. But at the end of the day, going Green Bay, I'm picking the over. Going to put parlay it, you know, with Memphis covering the 10.5 point spread. And, you know, that hits. That'll be a pretty good, pretty good night of uh, some football. So make sure you watch. Make sure you watch Pat McAfee on ESPN. Guy's electric. Love watching him. He's like an inspiration to this podcast, if I'm not lying. And with that, going to hit the end button soon. But thanks for listening. Again, first time, second time. Can't be more than that. But whatever it is, thanks for listening. Feel free to follow along on Twitter, at Can, K-A-N-N, thoughts. Tweet me some ideas of what you want me to talk about. Tomorrow might be Antonio Brown. Someone told me they may want a whole episode on Antonio Brown and his nutcase self, but who knows. So, tweet me some ideas, at Can Thoughts. Remember, Can is K-A-N-N, just like the title of the podcast. Um, But, might be an episode dropping tomorrow. Wait, wait till Saturday. Who knows? But really want to make some college football picks tomorrow. You know, help some degenerates like myself out there make some money this weekend. Because what's better than making money on weekends when you're not working? Why not make money when you're not working? Sounds like a win-win to me. So until next time, have a good rest of your Thursday.